When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. This could go on forever. What should I do? I could shave. I can clip my nails. Nah. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Hollywood, Tinseltown, Venice Beach, Melrose, L.A. Live. The list goes on and on. To get a player of this magnitude, knowing that outside of Elgin Baylor, every single megastar that has ever played for the Los Angeles Lakers has captured a championship while wearing the purple and gold. It, it almost gives you goosebumps. It gets you going. Rose picked up by Nene. A three. Good. Reggie Rose continues to hit these shots. Man, all of these Why big keep playing that free agents. Why you gotta do that? Well, there's all these big free agency headlines. LeBron to the Lakers. Durant back with Golden State. Chris Paul back with the Rockets. Paul George, Oklahoma City. Derrick Rose, Timberwolves. All, all these MVPs all, and All Stars. All on you, Vikings. It's all <laughs> the pressure in the world's on you. You, you're all we got right now. I'm not optimistic about the Wolves, the Wilds changing things. Uh, the Twins, for now, are a dumpster fire, at least in the present. And, uh, yeah, the Wolves so far in free agency. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Woj bomb that was dropped here, Adrian Wojnarowski just, just dropping bombs the last 48 hours. Uh, J.J. Redick will go back to the 76ers on a one-year deal. Instead of the $20-plus million he made last year, they have a bunch of cap room, 12 to $13 million he will make this time around. I'm sure they're trying to still swing a deal for a Kawhi Leonard or somebody. They wanted LeBron James, obviously, but yeah. that's not going to happen. Philadelphia has a fighting chance to get to the finals, but I think it would take another injury to one of those Boston players. But they're just a little bit too young there. But that's a good that Philadelphia team the, is pretty clearly the second best team in the Eastern Conference now. Who, who are the top five teams in that conference now? Boston, well, Boston one, one, Philadelphia two, Boston Toronto. one, two, three, and four, Philadelphia five, and then that's pretty much it. Is Toronto still up there? They've still got the same personnel, basically, just change coaches. I mean, I like Dwayne Casey in Detroit, but I'm not sure how good the Pistons are. I think they're okay. It's weird because Toronto, I think, had the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and mm-hmm. had like 57 wins or something ridiculous, and you don't you don't even think of them as a championship nope. contender because. Well, you know but what? Cleveland's gone now. If their kryptonite was LeBron James, yeah, that's what my may- point. Maybe they have a chance. I still don't think if you put that Toronto team up toe to toe in a playoff series against Boston, especially if Boston has Kyrie Irving, I don't think there's any chance. It could be competitive at least. I don't know. Against like, Cleveland, they, they were mind bleeped completely. Yeah, they're not. But, but they're not going to be Boston. But my God, that con- that conference now. So basically, that conference is two, maybe three teams deep. Yeah, and the West is probably good teams, probably seven mm-hmm. teams deep. What do you think is the best case scenario for the Timberwolves this year? And I'll throw the numbers out too. 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. Let's say they don't swing a blockbuster trade. 
let's say they're shopping Andrew Wiggins, but they just can't find a partner, and they wind up bringing in, I don't know, I'm not going to throw out specific names, but they use the mid-level exception on a good rotational three-point shooting wing player. They they, they upgrade from Jamal Crawford. Tibbs gets a wing is what you're saying. Yes. We're looking to add wings. Okay. What? And that's their roster. Yeah. What's the best case scenario for the Wolves in 2018-19? All right. I'm going to try and be... Like, can they win a playoff series? I'm going to try and be as objective as I possibly can be and not allow the fact that I've become pretty disgusted with this franchise to uh, to color what I'm about to say. Uh, the answer to your direct question right there is no, they can't. Uh, best case scenario is they are definitely a playoff team. Uh, if I look at the teams in the Western Conference that I think are better than them, I probably put them as a seven or eight seed, and so that they get bounced fast. Mm-hmm. I think I honestly think best case, even with Butler, if let's say Butler plays seventy eight games, I think is basically the same type of season that you had in two thousand seventeen eighteen. You make it back to the playoffs, and you get uh, and you get bounced in the first round. And absolutely best case, you win two games instead of one. That's about it. Man, that's being as objective as I possibly I mean, can be because the negative side of me says Butler Butler sits up fifteen to twenty games again because I do think he'll get hurt at some point because he ordinarily does and you miss the playoffs entirely. Well, he, here's another another thing to look ahead. This is now ten nine or ten months down the road, but let's say the top three seeds are all locked up, barring injury. Warriors, Rockets, Lakers with LeBron James. In some capacity, and the Lakers aren't done yet. The Lakers they can still add a max contract that they want. They could they could still sign Boogie Cousins, who who knows what he's going to be after the Achilles. But I don't think they're done moving. So that means if you land the six, seven, or eight seed, you have to go up against a dynasty, a team that almost beat a dynasty in a seven game series, if not for an injury to Chris Paul, and is going to be gunning threes or all series or LeBron's yeah. Lakers yeah. in a seven game series. So you're aiming for the four or the five seed yeah, to luck. have a shot against, like, let's say it's it's you and the Jazz or you and the Blazers, you and the Thunder, you know, what, whatever those teams look like. If you could get to that four-five seed range, exactly, you'd have a chance to win a playoff series. I think you'd have a chance to win a playoff series. So if we think the one through three are off limits and the six through eight are just death sentences in the first round, maybe you win a couple games. You have to very specifically get the four or the five seed yeah, to luck. have a chance to get to the second round of the playoffs. Uh, I don't see that it's happening. It's so in the Western Conference. Is there in anything about the Jazz that, that you think indicates that they would uh, take a step backwards and fall, and fall, let's say, to a seven or eight seed? Uh, because that's a team that... I, I look at the Jazz and say, if the Western Conference were ordinary, were ordinary, just good instead of great, the Jazz, to me, are a top seed type of team. So I, I look at the Jazz and say they are they are in that next tier of teams after Golden State, Houston, and LA, but they're very strong in that next tier of teams. Yeah, I, I think I think once you get past, and some of it's going to depend on how interested are the Warriors in winning like the sixty five or seventy games. I mean, they, if they wanted to, they could invest all of their energy in the regular season. I'm not sure it makes sense for them at this stage. LeBron probably doesn't lead the NBA in minutes, like they. So it's possible some of those top teams coast a little in the regular season. But I really think Jazz, Blazers, Thunder, Pelicans, Spurs, Nuggets, and Timberwolves, those seven teams, so four through ten in the Western Conference, Yep. I really think you can shuffle those teams up. I, I wouldn't be shocked if any of those teams were the four seed. I wouldn't be shocked 
outside of maybe the Jazz, I, I wouldn't be shocked if any of those teams were the 9-10 on the outside looking in. Maybe I don't think the Spurs are going to miss the playoffs either. I'd put them in that category. Do you expect the Tibbs will change the Wolves' style at all? No. Do you expect that they'll come out and shoot threes more? Well, they, they'll shoot some more. He's aware of that. No, right. But, but I'm saying, but I'm saying, what's change. the what's the change going to be though? Is are, are they going to shoot a few more? Are they going to drastically alter things? Because I still look at this and say, let's fundamentally forget about how great these teams in front of you are, and let's look at your style of play as well. In in a league now where it's not just one or two teams, you have a you have a seismic shift in the last five years to this is how you can effectively win basketball games. No, shoot threes. Like, no, I don't think he I don't think he's gonna overhaul everything he's done for he's a I would agree. He's a defensive minded coach and he sees basketball a certain way. Even with the first round draft pick, Josh Okoge, who could shoot some threes, but if you watch him shoot, it's I mean, it's like watching Jimmy Butler in college. What do you went to Georgia Tech, I wanna say? Okoge, yeah. Um yes. I mean, you watch him. Just look at his. If go, go look. Go to YouTube or Google and go look at a five-minute highlight clip of Josh Akogi, and tell me you're not watching Jimmy Butler reincarnated from his college days. And he he's not the smoothest jump shot, but tenacious defender. Amir Johnson is a guy that the Wolves have shown interest in in free agency. Like the guy's not going to make a three, but he's a grinder defensively. He's like six foot nine. Um, that's Tom Thibodeau. Taj Gibson not going to really shoot threes. And, and that's just a coaching conversation. That, that's Derek not Rose. even a, a roster construction conversation. Yeah. Right now, of the guys on their roster, I'm just going to do an exercise. Guys that you would trust as above average three point shooters. Yep. Taj Gibson, no. This will be quick. Gorgie Jang, no. Carl Anthony Towns, yes. Jimmy Butler is around league average. So I'm going to say no. Like guys that you would look at and say for sure an above average three point shooter. Andrew Wiggins, no. Correct. Jeff Teague has had some seasons above average, but I think his career rate would be around average, so that's going to be a, a no. You trust him to shoot threes, but it's a no. Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose, no. Tyus Jones, no. Um, Josh Akogi, we'll find out. Bielitsa, if he comes back, is a yes be a me. yes, but it sounds like, I mean, Doogie is talking to people around the league. It sounds like Bielitsa, this is the problem with Bielitsa. If he hits restricted free agency, if he doesn't sign the qualifying offer, he hits restricted free agency and somebody gives him like six or seven million dollars a year because he can shoot threes and he can handle the ball. Now the Wolves are going to have to make a decision. Do you bring him back? If they don't want to pay a bunch in luxury tax, do you bring him back and then not really use your mid-level exception? It sounds like there's also been some rumors behind the scenes that Glenn Taylor is not happy with Tom Thibodeau and the luxury tax. And well, if I'm going to pay luxury tax, I want this to be a contending team. Why am I paying luxury tax? But Bielitsa if we get to that point, is the type of guy who will go to a different team and, and be a success and will shoot three pointers effectively yeah. for that team. Bielitsa, if Bielitsa signs elsewhere, he will go to a team and, and within four months, we'll all say, what the hell happened there? Well, it won't be shocking. No, it won't be, but it'll still be, but it'll be frustrating. The tenor of all of these conversations that we have about this team to me are frustrating. They're frustrating conversations because your problems are right in front of you and they're obvious and there is an unwillingness to to look at, at that. But when Doogie tells us that he's being told by agents essentially that we can't really tell what the Wolves are doing because the Wolves are so damn intent on hiding their 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 game plan. They don't want people, they don't want leaks and stuff. This goes back to the same thing that I I ran into when I covered the Vikings under Childress. 
Worry about what you can control, and what you can control is trying to put the best product out there as you possibly can. Worrying about leaks in 2018 is absolutely stupid, and it's a waste of your time, and it's wasting bandwidth on something that ultimately doesn't matter. Yep, Dave, what's coming up in questions next? A little bit on LeBron to the Lakers and where he's going to fit among the all-time Laker greats. And I do have a Twins trade question for you guys as well. All right, let's talk about Luther Brookdale Toyota for just a brief moment first. I'm on the website, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. There's uh, just a bar at the top of the homepage, and you can click on specials, and you can see some of the new inventory specials. How about the 2018 RAV4? It's one of the top SUVs in the world, one of the most durable SUVs you're going to find. It handles and drives a lot more like a Camry or a Corolla, but it has the spaciousness of an SUV. You can get into one 36 months, so a three-year lease, no money down at signing. So you go in and you fill out the paperwork and you pay nothing up front for just $309 per month. That is a fantastic deal. I love the new look, the sportier look on the 2018 Camry as well. You can lease a 2018 Camry, 36 months, $309 a month, no money due at signing. Just click on the specials tab at LutherBrookdaleToyota.com or visit in person on the corner of 694. Mackie and Judd are back right now on 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. All right, David, fire away. What do you got for us? I've got three questions of significant importance. We will start with LeBron. And the Lakers first. Go to a basketball reference. You you look up a team, and it'll show you their top 12 players of all time. I think it's based on win share. Mm -hmm. For the Los Angeles Lakers, it goes Kobe number one, Jerry West, then Kareem, Magic, and George Mikan. Franchise history rounding out your top five. Shaq is like seven on that list. He's not even close. Maybe not enough time in L.A., whatever it is. But I want to know, when we look back four years from now, when LeBron's, let's say he's through playing in L.A., will he crack that top five? And if so, where is he? Hmm. Well, if you took his career, he'd be number one. But if you just take the stint... He's still going to be behind. This is where it's tough. Like, and you don't have to necessarily go win shares. Just yeah, just like stature, stature yeah, or something. Just, yeah, stature among the great Lakers of all time. Yes, I think he's won now. Of course, it. Well, I mean, but like he's. If you just took his career to this point, he's going to put a Lakers jersey on, and let's take his career. He would be number one for me. And some people would debate it and put Magic, but I don't think there's any way. In let's say he's there for all four years of his contract, and he'll be thirty. Six or 37 by the time it's over. Maybe he goes back to the Cavs or something. I don't think there's any way he can pass Lakers Magic, Lakers Kareem. He can pass Lakers Wilt, right? Would Wilt win one title with the Lakers? Wilt was not good in the finals. Yeah, and, and Bill won a bunch of them. Yeah. Bill won a ton, Russell. I don't think, I don't think he's going to... There's no way he would surpass, in people's minds, Kobe as a Laker... He could get there with Shaq because Shaq was a hired gun. But Shaq was seven, you said, David? Yes. Okay. Like he could get past Shaq. I mean, George Mikan, come on. That's so old school. That's it's so hard to. George <laughs> hey, Mikan. Sid George, him. Do you imagine Back George Mikan? Back off. Mikan Sid Hartman signed George Mikan. It, it's so hard to. 
I would say he could get up as high as like fifth. But because because there's no way career Lakers like Kobe and Magic and even though Kareem came from Milwaukee, Kareem spent what twelve? How long did Kareem, Kareem spent like twelve or fifteen years yes. in Los Angeles? Yes, he did. So he's kind of a career Laker. LeBron will be more like the Shaquille O'Neal hired gun for a few years. Even though Shaq was Shaq was in L.A. for like eight years, he was in there for a while too. Mm-hmm. I think he can pass Shaq. But it's, it's going to be hard to even do that because Shaq won three titles and went to two more finals with the Lakers. It's a pretty loaded list. Give, give me you think? the top five again, David. Would top you? five yep. goes Kobe, Jerry West, Kareem, Magic, Mikan. Elgin Baylor, by the way, was six in between uh, Mikan and Shaq. All right. As far as stature goes, here's the, the interesting thing in this is, is that the Lakers have been down for a while now. And so if he can come in and win a couple titles... He's going to be a hero there. There will probably be a statue built outside the Staples Center for him. I would actually say the best case, best case, he gets to five. Mikan goes to six. Um, because if you go there and you win in in this era, it's going to be enormous. Uh, so I think if he wins a couple titles, I think he goes to five. I think if he gets there and he wins and he doesn't win a title, but he's very good, Phil's right, probably seven or so. Uh, but I do think that that the impact if, George Mikan was Minneapolis. He wasn't even more, he didn't play in Los Angeles. No, right? It was just no, Minneapolis no, Lakers. No, and and if if uh, LeBron goes there and and uh, keep this in mind too, if he wins titles and usurps Golden State, that's going to be a huge deal. So I do think that there might be a case to be made that he, even though it won't be a long stint there, that he could get as high as five on that list. Uh, people were wondering, how's Kobe going to take this? He's happy. Because yeah, Kobe, at least he's putting out the message that this is great. You know, welcome LeBron James. But you know, Kobe's also thinking, you're never going to be on my level as a Laker. Sure. Because I was, because Kobe was there for 20 years. And he's right Career about that. Laker. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's the one thing. I mean, LeBron, LeBron could have been a career Cav, <laughs> which... Would have been torturous and miserable. Which he's smart enough not to have been. And like it's funny because yes. people are literally ripping him, comparing him to loyal guys like Kobe and Magic were loyal, and who's and Michael Jordan's now, loyal. Who's doing that now? That's a redi- that's so it's, ridiculous. What do you mean who's doing that now? Like millions of fans. No, are doing I saw. That. No, I see. I I feel like this time it, the that the tone of this is different. I think that only the people that are looking for a, a reason to bash LeBron are doing so. The first time he left. And with how that PR disaster went, I get that. But this time, look, he went back, he got him a title. He got them a title. I think anybody who's bashing him now is an idiot. Yeah, I agree. And 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 also worth noting, it's a lot easier to stay loyal when you live in Los Angeles or Chicago versus Cleveland. And your coaches are... Pat Riley for Magic Johnson or Phil Jackson for both MJ and Kobe. And guys didn't leave back then, too. And you have have teammates that are Hall of Famers all over the place. Yeah. Let's talk about the twins and let's do it this way. No. Humans compete. We like rankings. Phil and Judd rank them on 1500 ESPN. Trade deadline is right around the corner now, boys. End of the month. I've got five names for you. Rank them as far as the amount you would get back at a deadline <laughs> deal. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay. How valuable, valuable they would be to Falvey and Levine. Okay. In a trade deadline deal, Dozier, Escobar, mm-hmm. Lynn, <laughs> let's just say Maurer if he waves the no trade, and Fernando Rodney. Mm-hmm. 
one, Rodney two, on a deal that would be a team option three, for next year. Four. All right. Um, I will give you number five. We'll start with. We only have Sounders for the. the oh, okay. Four. Uh, thank number you. Five. Number five. Someone put a, a doobie doobie doo thing over our number. Doobie doobie doo. Or like I'd say Paul Fenton. Fenton. Yeah, Paul Fenton. He's calling teams up. Do you want him? Uh, number five on my list would be Maurer. He's got. I he can go to a team, get on base, hmm. but I'm not. I think you'd get. I think you'd get almost. I mean, you might get a little prospect, a third rate prospect. I don't think he would get you much back. Go number four. Uh, Dozier. Dozier, who should who should be one on the, this list. Uh, and I suppose if you're calling around, you're going to tell teams, hey, his track record is that he has great uh, second halves and goes crazy and that we expect that again. But as he is going right now, and I don't know, uh, you know, alluding to his comments uh, to Dan Hayes, if something is wrong physically or something is wrong at home or he's just mad about his contract. But right now, with, with the way he's been playing this year, he is number four. One, two. Number three. I've soured on the act, and I'm tired of every loss being personal, and I'm tired of how long he takes to pitch, and I know he would prefer to be in St. Louis, but I think if you can run Lance Lynn out there and get two more good starts, three more good starts, he is a starting pitcher. So despite the fact that that his act, to me, has grown tired, I think he is three on the list. Hmm. Number two. Fernando Rodney. Closer, so let, let's say that you call up a contender who has a closer. Uh, with bullpen construction now, things have certainly changed. So I'm not sure that you couldn't break the bank for him, but I think you might be able to uh, to sell him to a contending team as a eighth inning guy, sort of a firefighter type of guy. So I think you could get something for him that would be decent. So I put him two. Number one. A guy who I would trade today if I could. Escobar. Now, I think since he got hit against Boston, he's hurt. Uh, but if if you look at his career statistics and then put them up against what he has done in 2018, he is having a great year. Uh, odds are that he's either going to walk. And heck, you know what? If you trade him away and and cut a deal and say, we'd lo- love for you to come back uh, during the winter, you could certainly do that. So Eduardo Escobar is a top my list of guys who I would take to the market ASAP and try and move. We have very different lists. Good. We have, well, I'll just, I'll start with number five. Number five, Lance Lynn right now. Okay, Lance Lynn has an ERA of five and a half on the year. He has one of the highest walk rates of any starting pitcher in baseball, if not the highest. He's walking almost six batters per nine innings. So if you're a contending team and you're looking to trade for a pitcher that can help you Get to where you want to go. You're not going to trade for the guy that can't throw a strike, who sweats profusely after three pitches. My pitching coach will fix him. Has a just a kind of a bleak attitude. There's if if I'm scouting Lance Lynn, I'm not exactly looking at him forgetting to cover first base with a five and a half ERA, thinking, oh, that's the He's guy that's going to help me get to the playoffs against you mm-hmm. know the Houston Astros or something or go to the National League. So he's number five right now. Go number four. Number four is Maurer. I still think there's a couple teams, whether it's the Mariners, some people would say maybe the Cardinals, they could use a little on-base percentage. How about the Cubs? He hits in Chicago. Oh. I'm sure Anthony Rizzo would love At to take Wrigley a seat Field. for an you aging have, Joe Maurer. You could have him pinch hit once in a while. Pinch run, possibly. 
So you could get a lot for a pinch hitting job. No, you're not going to get okay. much for him. I, I think we agree on that. One, cool. two. Number three. Number three, Fernando Rodney. I'm with you. I think he's not going to be a team's closer or a team's best ace reliever, but he still gets a ton of strikeouts, so he misses a bunch of bats. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, you, if you get past the little speed bump in April there, which you're past that now, he's been one of the better relievers in the game since then. I mean, he's been since like April 20th or whenever that date was uh, that he started turning things around. He's been really good. So you're going to, and you're going to, by the way, you're going to trade him. You're going to wind up getting something fairly substantive for number a late inning reliever. Number two, Brian Dozier. And number one, number one. Eduardo Escobar. I think Escobar, because he plays a million different positions, he can hit, he can hit for power. Uh, so you can, the reason why, well, two things on Dozier. If Dozier heats up, he's got trade value. But he would still have less trade value than Escobar because how many teams are in the market for a second baseman versus teams in the market for a second baseman, third baseman, yeah, or a shortstop, yeah. which Eduardo Escobar could play any of those things. Yeah. If if a team says, you know what, man, we just our shortstop's not cutting it or we have an injury, like he could play shortstop for you. Third base, he could play second base for you. Uh, so Escobar, number one, trade value. Dozier, number two. Rodney, Mauer, and then Lance Lynn's trade value is... Rolled up. My pitching coach going to fix him. Toilet paper right now. That's what I'm going to do with him. Get him fixed up. Send him to the White Sox. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Don Cooper sees a few things that he could <laughs> fix. Much like Francisco Liriano. Yeah, uh, expanded questions when we come back here. Sure. Those questions ready for this? Stretch out another inning. Let's explore the space. Okay. Cool. Mackie and Judd TCO broadcast for you. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No. no. No, no. I need it now. Yes. I can't wait. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. Phil Mackie. It's the worst thing I do at ESPN. Judd Zolgad. I just want to drink and watch TV. Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. That's, that's actually what Corey Provis sounded like at the end of that Twins Cubs series. The heat got to his brain. <laughs> it's too hot. Just the heat was brutal. Uh, Belgium, that was the Russian team calling the PK winner a couple days ago or yesterday, whenever that was. save. The goalie diving away but still getting his foot up. Kick to make save. It. Yeah, it was unbelievable. They're just screaming the whole time. That's great yeah. stuff. Uh, Belgium, Japan in about 27 minutes. I know that you guys are very excited for Belgium and Japan. I actually am excited for Belgium I might tune into it. No, you won't. That's fine. No, I might. No, I'm serious. I might. Okay. I might go home, grab a beer, and watch it. All right. Make some waffles, eat some sushi. You can cheer for everybody. Fantastic. Yeah, that's too much. Just a beer. Belgian beer, then. That could or, be a Japanese Belgian beer, beer too. Belgian beer, be careful. Be, a, a be careful. Those things are high in alcohol content. Those Belgian beers will get you every time. If it comes in a small <laughs> beer glass, if it comes in a small glass, be careful. I once had a Belgian beer, and I thought, this is good. I'll have two or three. Turns out they were like 8.6. Oh, ho, ho, Judd was not in good shape the next day. <laughs> it's a great story. Couldn't remember, <laughs> the, couldn't remember the rest of that night. I got the small glass treatment a couple weekends ago out to eat. 
Just ordered a local craft beer, figured, you know, get a solid 16-ounce, solid pint. Yeah. Came in the small glass. It was like, you know, six bucks, and they small-glassed me. Very upset about what, that. What still. was the content, out, the alcohol content in that in that beer? Did you ever find I out? I don't remember what it is. It's one I've had before, though. Okay. It's not going to set you loopy if you had a full pint. Well, then they shouldn't give you the small glass. No, they small Then that's a bunch of bitter. BS. Oh, that's BS. Then. I was not happy. You got screwed. Man, you got small-glassed. <laughs> don't oh, ever want to be small-glassed unless it's... That's it's disrespect. It get is. It's a sign of disrespect. I know. I feel like if I was a higher name in this uh, sports media industry, they wouldn't have small-glassed me, what, but they, they looked down. Bunnies don't small glass me. When I go to bunnies. Maybe. Well, yeah, exactly. You'd be doing fine, then you'd be getting the huge glass. They'd give me the 20 ounce (laughs) mug. Questions have a third question. It sure does. I like this conversation. (laughs) Let's talk about music. Let's talk about the changing way that we can consume our music, boys, because as of today, you can no longer buy a compact disc at Best Buy. They are done selling CDs. End of an era, gentlemen. That used to be one of my favorite things, going to Best Buy and just sifting through racks and rows and rows and racks. Alanis Morissette and Matchbox 20 and all those terrible 90s bands. I was a tape guy. Oh, Best Buy did the tapes, tapes. too? I love tapes. I love cassette tapes Mm -hmm. because they were dirt cheap. Mm -hmm. So if I heard a song, I could go and be like, you know what? I like one song here. I'll buy the tape, seven bucks or, you know, it's... Something like that. I would buy the tape, and then if the rest of it sucked, I'd be like, okay, fine. But how would and you? Then CDs came along. I'm trying to remember back because I mean, I had some tapes, but CDs were CDs were hot as my as I started like, absolutely you know, yeah. asking for them for Christmas and stuff. Yep. If you had if, if track five was the track that you wanted on a tape, sure, you'd have to find it, right? Oh yeah, you'd have to like fast forward through the first four tracks. Yep. That's the beauty of CDs back in the day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can just skip right to track five. It was a massive game changer. Mm-hmm. Massive game changer. You can still buy vinyl, by the way, at Best Buy, which who would have guessed that would be the case? <laughs> I love this Vinyl's country. back, but CDs are out. So my question is, in all <laughs> the years we, bought, we we spent buying CDs, what are the one, two, or three you're most proud of owning? Wow. And what are the one, two, or three uh, you can't believe you purchased? Oh, I, this is going to take some thought from me. Uh, I used to buy... It was <laughs> a, a car full of them. <laughs> yeah, up until like a year ago. <laughs> I know I did. <laughs> I owned multiple Limp Biscuit CDs. That's all you need to know. Shameful. Oh, my God. <laughs> I had one for sure. Oh, Creed, it, Nickelback, all of them. Man. Um, uh, the ones I'm most shameful about, I, oh, God, I'm going to admit this. <laughs> I actually had, I think it was just the single track. It wasn't It wasn't a full album, but it was Mbop by Hanson. No! <laughs> I gotta go, guys. Oh, I gotta, my. I gotta leave. I gotta leave the show. Oh my! Are you serious? Ooh. Yeah. Yep. Gave it a listen a couple times. It was catchy for a while. It was like mid nineties. Oh, I remember catchy. it well. It was on at all the bars I went to in the mid nineties. So that that happened for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that is catchy. Yeah, I'm trying to think like late '90s, mid to late '90s, and I'm not I'm not holding back on you guys. No, I'm trying to think of <laughs> with that first admission. Yeah, you're definitely not. Well done. Um, I had I used to burn some embarrassing ones, but that doesn't count. Like you can when you started to be able to pull stuff off yeah, Napster no, that, and then, no, and then not, burn CDs. No, because that's that's fine. Yeah, that's cheap. <laughs> that's basically something you drunk on a Friday night. <laughs> yeah, I need that song. <laughs> I think I also had a Natalie Imbruglia CD, like the single of Torn. From 1997 that's, that's or 98. That's not as bad as Oombop. 
That's not as bad. Right? I don't even remember that song. Oh, you don't? How, oh, yeah. how, oh man, that, 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 that was the most played song. The sum, one of those summers in the late nineties. How about um, how about fastball? Is that shameful? No, I had a fastball. No, CD. that was a good song. Well, they had a couple songs. Yeah, they're, they're the way big and then the way was a good song. Some other one too. No, Hanson's awful. I got a lot that I'm proud of. Uh, like anything, like I had all the Metallica oh, CDs Valley, back in the there day. There it is. Yeah, this one. You remember this? I had this. Yeah. Oh yeah, this was garbage. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah it might there. be worse than Oom Bob. Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't think I, it's garbage, but I don't think it's that bad. Uh, it's close. Boy band. I don't know. She's not. I got way into into like 80s and 90s hair metal. I bought uh, off an infomercial one time. <laughs> Baseball cards and CDs, <laughs> wax box, power ballad. Yeah. You got all these power ballads. Only now. You guys remember those? Yeah, yeah. I got no compilation with- oh, CDs. Yeah. I, you know what? I got no problem with that. Yeah, probably in, in the shameful category that probably belongs. And then uh, there had to have been. Now that's what I call music, Volume Five or something. I was going to ask if you ever bought one of those. <laughs> Every, or maybe a Jock Jams. Jock Jams, Volume 6. Yeah. I think I won one It's at, amazing. At a bar We've one got time. Gary Glitter still. <laughs> but were Jock Jams really framed as embarrassing? I feel like Jock Jams were kind of, yeah, it's like ESPN's behind it. And I remember playing pool one time in my buddy's basement, and he decided to crank the tunes, oh. and it was Jock Jams. And looking over and thinking, really? You not only own this, but decided it would be a good idea this to play while we're just play. shooting pool. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna we're roll gonna crank it up. Yeah. Sandstorm. <laughs> oh, oh, um, oh, that's awful. Number one on the shameful list just came to my mind. <laughs> I asked for and received one Christmas in the mid '90s a Shania Twain CD. That's right. I, hey, I'm not gonna. No, rip, no, I'm not that gonna rip you for that. Yeah. Really? Why no, not? Why I is that not love Twain? me some country and Yeah, Shania. that's not. That's not bad at all, Phil. That's really poppy, mostly terrible country, though. I don't care. I loved it. Okay. No, you had. Mm-bop. I love how you're defending me on this. I mm-bop appreciate that. is awful. I mean, a I lot think of great you tunes. Off with the lead. Who's bed have your boots been under? <laughs> Those uh, are, yeah. What was the other one? Uh, was it What a Girl Wants or something? Yes. Like oh, yeah. yeah. Play it. Play a little bit uh, of this. Come no, on. That's not what's in the what There's some the good Shania Twain stuff. Gall darn. Feel gall like a woman. That's, like that's, a you woman. know what? Yeah, if it came on at, at the bar and you were having a few beers and said, this isn't bad, then, then it's fine. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. All right. Let's okay. hit the dance floor. No. 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 <laughs> yes. No. Enough. Enough. Come on. All right. What about you? You had to have. I feel like you're always bad at admitting the shameful things. I'm like trying, you, well, I'm trying to think. Mr. Of, cool. No, no, no. I'm trying. I'm, it's all replacements. I'm, what yeah, can I say? I'm trying, Beatles, replacements, Rolling Stones, Petty. I mean, I'm trying to think of anything that I was, I was Just a truly, flawless guy-centric collection of music. That's embarrassed right. By, well, here, no, but here's the problem. I'm trying to think back to tapes I bought that, that I'm embarrassed by because, because when I started to buy CDs, I'd believe they, they were about 16 bucks a piece so i quit doing that like if i heard a song i liked Your old car doesn't agree it, well then well but by then th- those are classics and i just threw them all in my car but what i'm but my point is with tapes i would hear one song and go out and buy the tape but then it's 16 bucks 
a pop, I was like, I'm not going. I'm going to quit doing this. So I'm trying to. That's where think. Napster came in handy illegally in 1999. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think of of any like CDs that I bought or tapes now that I bought because I know I bought some bad tapes. Well, let me. Again, I know I guys, bought some embarrassing. Did you guys ones. get into downloading music? I know Dave probably. did. No, I did not. Yeah. Still don't. Yeah. Yeah. No. Guy, you so you never got into iTunes guy. or no? Wow. Yeah. Love YouTube breaker. guy. What? What was the first song? Do you remember the first song you ever downloaded off Napster or off what LimeWire or whatever the platform was? Because oh, I remember man. specifically the first song I ever downloaded off Napster. I don't remember, no. Hmm, I'd have to do some thinking. I don't know. It was Barry Manilow? Oh, I downloaded a couple of Barry Manilow tunes. That was the beauty of Napster and all that. of those. Nothing wrong with that. You didn't have to be embarrassed about, you know, you want a little Manilow, you want a little whatever it is. And you can hide it on your computer. Yeah, and you just got those, you got those two songs that, let's be honest, everybody loves. You label the folder songs that are totally lame yeah. that I would never listen to. Sweet, you know, guy-lifting music. <laughs> the first song I ever downloaded off Napster in 1999 <laughs> was Three Doors Down Superman. For like oh, two yeah. months, it was the number one song in the you grew top up, 40. You grew up in terrible. an era with some really bad songs. I'll defend you. In general, late one. 90s, early 2000s had some epically bad music. You really, yeah. Some that bad that bands, specific bad genre music. of music was yeah. pretty wretched in certain uh, corners. Yeah. Because like I grew up. When I, I was when I was a kid, it, it was what you, you now call yacht rock. So it was pretty good. I mean, it might not be popular with everybody, but it wasn't awful. Did you know that it was a revolution at the no, time? No, I had no when, idea. When you had Christopher when Cross you, just flowing when, in the wind. When we drove out to Stillwater a couple of years ago and you put the Yacht Rock station on for me, I had no idea what was considered in that genre. So, no, I had no clue that I had basically been lived through that entire era. But I don't hate those songs. I don't like them all, but I don't hate them. And they're not, I don't think they, I might be wrong here. I don't think they're awful. Listen, Yacht Rock is a lifestyle, okay? It's a choice you make. The station's you're back, either in too, or by you're the way. Out. It's back. Well, it's been on. If you if you stream digitally, it's just always on. Oh, it never goes 365 away? 365 never goes away. Okay, I just saw it was coming back. It's always playing in the Mackey household. Always. How does anybody live with Michael you? How does anybody Christopher? live with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The cats love it. Sometimes I'll put little little sailor hats on our <laughs> little cats. Al, little Al Stewart. Do you hear the cat? Tigger have boat shoes, too? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they do. Tommy Tigger, put on your loafers. We're heading for. <laughs> We're going down. We're going the... poolside, boys. <laughs> Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. And you know what they need? Tweaks. 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 On fifteen hundred ESPN. Now back to Mackie and Judd live from the TCL Broadcast Studios. This is going to be my happy place. On fifteen hundred ESPN. If they hear you. They hunt you. Emily Blunt and John Krasinski star in this terrifying suspenseful thriller. It's A Quiet Place, new today on digital, hailed by critics as the scariest and most innovative movie of the year. Get A Quiet Place now on Vudu two weeks before Blu-ray. It's rated PG-13 from Paramount Pictures. You can enter to win your very own copy right now on the 1500 ESPN stream player. And this portion of Mackie and Judd is brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Proud sponsor of The Beer Show. We were talking during the break. I feel like if you grew up and, and your music wheelhouse was like mid to late 90s, so get past the grunge phase. Nirvana phase. Which was an innovative phase. Absolutely. When you get into the second or third phase of boy bands, 
that the late 90s brought and then the early 2000s, that sort of pop rock type stuff. 95 to 2000 about. It was a music wasteland. Yeah, it was bad. And I remember when I was in middle school, one of my buddies and I, we'd have our parents in the summertime when you're looking to fill the day and and he was a he was on the tennis team. And we'd go and we would just go play. We'd go to the tennis courts and just go play like three, four hour matches of tennis or whatever, like go to batting cages. But we'd always bring a boom box and we would bring CD collections and we would crank music from that era. So we'd crank Limp Biscuit. We just yes. the, the, the most horrifically bad music. Kid oh. Rock. I want to be a cowboy, baby. Kid Rock might have been good at that time. Considered good for that era. He's actually lasted a long time. He's still selling out arenas 20 years later. And um, what are some of the other ones? Like P.O.D. Mm. What was the one you brought up, Dave? System of a Down. System of a Down. Oh, my God. Cranking that in my car and then my dad (laughs) driving the car afterwards and then scolding me for the garbage I'm listening to. Correctly so. System of a Down. I, I recall you don't the understand name, the what we're music. fighting against, Dad. Shut up. Yeah, you're fighting against nothing. <laughs> yeah, but crappy music. Yeah, corn was another one too. Oh, Crank yeah. corn. Your oh, old man were... grew up with the classics, right? Beatles and all that. Oh yeah, Rolling Stones. And then his son gets in the car and cranks "System of a Down" and tells him, "This is where it's no, at." Shame now. on me. Shame on me. <laughs> I, I found it. Okay. Stained. Cobain. Cobain died in '94. After that, it was all over. For what? For, for five years. For all music? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for five years. Because 90 to 94 or so was pretty damn solid. Now, you, you you had to sort of find it, but it was solid. But from 95 to 2000, was there any, like, am, am I missing a band or a type of music that changed a thing? You're not and missing a whole lot. And was it just considered absolute garbage? No. Unless you really love Matchbox 20. <laughs> Or what was the other oh, one? Third Eye Blind? Third Eye Blind. Matchbox mm. 20. What's his favorite? Rob Thomas, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, he collaborated with Carlos Santana for that smooth song. It's really, really bad. Uh, Paul emails the show. Most embarrassing album I bought? Hands down, The Village People. The YMCA? <laughs> That's your era. You didn't get into The Village People when you were a kid? We're talking yeah, like the most 70... embarrassing albums you've ever bought. Yeah, no. Um, let's see. Village People was, I think, around 76. I was six. I really didn't start to listen to music on a consistent basis and start to like it until Mm. about 80 or so okay so no no but i will say this disco is crap disco's terrible i know what disco's absolutely terrible gotta disagree on that i hate disco gotta disagree the bgs went from being a great young band to singing in it's awful the high pitch voices the the whole thing i know i feel like chic is a very underrated late 70s (laughs) early 80s group the way that people dress. In fairness, Nile, Nile Rogers is one of the great producers of all time. Well, sure. And he put together Chic. Okay. And Chic still travels to this day. I saw them at uh, an arena in Kansas City a few years ago. As a whole, <laughs> disco right, is yeah. just god awful. Disco is just awful. <laughs> the disco era was. Ugh. My goal here is for for to hear a gunshot in the hallway and to just be like at Johnny Height's desk. Like this is the end for Johnny. <laughs> listening to us oh. talk music. We banned guns here, Phil. So <laughs> I don't want to hear a gunshot. Uh, People uh, tweeting into the show here. Brad says, the first song I downloaded was The Rock's theme song in 2000 from WWE. (laughs) And? Because they put together those compilation CDs. I bought two or three of those. It was like wrestling theme songs. And? You can just listen to The Undertaker's music on loop. What? What's the and? So did... Did the Rock sing, or just was it just a theme song with his? He had some lyrics, where he would just say like, <laughs> I'd like to hear this, "If see? you smell what the Rock like... is cooking." Okay, all right. Yeah, some people are, are uh, like Ross tweets into the show. He's vouching for peak Green Day era from '94 to '99. That's fair. 
Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, White Stripes, Green Day, they're good. There was just there was on the surface that that era had a lot of crap, had a lot of bad uh, bad tunes. Hal tweets in this was rock bottom for his for his CD purchases. Nelson after the rain. Oh, Nelson. I remember Nelson. I have no idea what that is. The two long-haired dudes from like the late 80s at the end of the hair rock era. Oh, yeah. You don't, oh, oh, yeah. That was at the um, end of the, the hair band era. Oh, These that's guys like came hair in. down to their butts. Oh, yeah. yeah. In wow. fact, if you can find a Nelson song, I want to say that there was a pretty big hit. Yeah, they were awful. They were absolutely terrible. Yeah, it seems that way. They were Ricky's kids, right? Were they? I think they were Ricky's sons, I think. Did he admit I'm not that? positive about that. After they grew their hair that long, absolutely not. But before <laughs> that, he was very proud to have his, his sons. Yeah, Nelson. Oh, boy. Hmm. Forgot about them. Yeah, other people have picked up on the Yacht Rock channel, too, here. That it is, it's, you can bring it anywhere if you stream it, really. I mean, headphones. I'm going to stream it on my walk to the car. If you guys want to join me, I've got the buds. I can give you one I'll be of the listening buds. To our station. Just throwing it out there. I'll be listening to the You can walk our next station. to me. You stride a little differently when you walk to the Yacht Rock? Nobody breaks my stride. Nobody's going to bring me down, Dave. Matthew floating a little bit and more. Gunner Nelson. That was Gunner. Their, names, their names were Matthew and Gunner. <laughs> Gunner, that's yeah. perfect. Let's name him Gunner. And he can grow his hair long and be part of a boy band. Oh, my God. Uh, is Tyler back tomorrow? I think he is. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, he'll be in. See you guys tomorrow.